0: I'm convinced that the company shouldn't strive to have as many patents as possible, but to have the best ones.
1: Welcome to a brand new episode of our podcast, Human and AI, Mind, Machines and the Grave in the Sand.
2: Thanks that you tuned in again to listen and to geek out with us over the fascinating field of AI and the role of human. We are Uli and Avery, your hosts for this episode, and we're super stoked to welcome our today's genius mind, Beat Weibel. Beat is the Chief IP Counsel and Group Senior Vice President at Siemens. He is convinced that intellectual property builds the foundation for successful innovations, so if you're also already wondering what the role of intellectual property plays in the age of AI, stay tuned. We will find out more uh, within the next minutes. So I would suggest we just get it started. Bia, yeah, thanks so much for taking the time to be the guest on our podcast. Um, how are you doing and where do we catch you today?
0: yes hello everybody i'm doing fine i enjoyed a uh, good weather i have to say i'm in the office in perlach and today because we i had so, to give some signatures today and so i switched between home office and office as needed as i said today i'm in perlach and enjoyed a very nice ride by bike to the office this morning
1: uh, Perlach, right? Lego Gebäuchen, uh, Lego Gebauern, right? The Lego building, as it's called, right? So with all the, <laughs> the, the, the colorful things, right? Yeah, there's, there's still some, I guess, some, some aspects, right? Which hasn't been digitized. And sometimes, you know, vital aspects need a signature and need also some presence right there. Um, but not, not, I guess, not that many people still, you know, um, backs, back to the, the office. If you know me. That's true. No.
0: It's quiet. Uh, before Easter and uh, vacation time, so it's very quiet here in Perlach.
2: Sounds like a relaxing day, but I also already miss Perlach a little, like Lego world. Um, But Beat, we would love to get to know you a little bit better, so maybe can you quickly introduce yourself? Who is Beat and how did your path actually lead you to Siemens?
0: So I am by education, I'm an electrical engineer and uh, then also passed the qualification as patent attorney a number of years ago. Actually, I'm now 30 years in the business of intellectual property and patents and was working for ABB first and uh, George Fisher, another Swiss industrial company. And then in 2013, I got the opportunity to change to Siemens, to take over the leadership of the worldwide IP organization at Siemens, which is probably one of the biggest in the world and therefore was a great challenge for me to take up this new job.
2: Sounds exciting. So we have a real expert here, but um, so you said you've been working 30 years in that field. And um, I found out that you've been even like 21 years at ABB how was that for you to like decide after such a long time to switch the, the company you've been working it, in? Uh, was that a tough decision? And uh, was it also like getting a little bit out of your comfort zone?
0: That is certainly true in particular for family reasons, the decision was not so easy to take, but my family fully supported it. And I'm very grateful for that. For that. Adaptation in, uh, in the job actually was quite easy and quite smooth because ABB and Siemens are, let's say, not so completely different companies. And <laughs> I have to say, I was very, very warmly welcomed here in Siemens and in Bavaria. And therefore, when I look back the eight years that I'm now working for Siemens, I really had a good start.
1: No, that's awesome. So um, there's a a famous quote actually from from Isaac Asimov, right? Experimentation is the least arrogant method of gaining knowledge. The experimentation and experimenter humbly ask a question of nature. Uh, I think that's right. this, This challenging status quo, adding, you know, gaining knowledge, adding probability and, you know, exploration of new, I truly love and truly passionate. Is there a quote? you know, that you are following along for quite a time? Is there something inspirational you you said?
0: Yes, actually there are a a number of quotes that I I like. One that I like most is from the old Romans, per aspera ad astra, which means in English, with hard work to the stars or to success, and which maybe also fits very well in with uh, Isaac Asimov's Quote because experimentation is also a lot of work, but then Mm. you can achieve great things and are certainly satisfied if it works out well.
1: Yeah, that's right. True, true, right. Um, I think Basil was also also who said like you know don't celebrate your talents uh, uh, talent that was given to you because you don't deserve to celebrate that, but uh, celebrate your decisions being taken. I love that as well. But let's back to IP. Um, you know, we are living in a world of AI and digitalization, right? And digital technologies are all around there, right? Um, and, you know, if, if you look on digital technologies, I think the average human thumb right, scrolls, according to a Finnish study, right, nine kilometers, right, um, <laughs> you know, this Facebook and stuff like that. So, But, uh, you know, that's, I guess, not the KPIs we have if we work in innovation, right? Can you better set the stage, you know, what's the role of IP also in stats? How do you see, if you look at AI, maybe also in digital, and maybe also on a corporate level, right, throughout the world, right, How do you see the the current development of IP creation, distribution across countries maybe? And how how is Siemens standing there? Can you share a bit of
0: Yes, I'm happy to do so. Actually, I'm not so fond of these numbers games, but uh, I rather prefer to focus on quality than quantity. Mm. But anyway, at Siemens last year, we filed uh, 3,500 patent applications Mm-hmm. And I think that's a remarkable result because despite the crisis, uh, we had quite stable invention disclosures and uh, patent filings numbers. And also in 2020, we were ranked number six in the European patent statistics, despite, and these are now deconsolidated figures, meaning without Siemens Energy, we only lost one rank. And I think that's uh, also a very remarkable result because it shows how innovative Siemens as a company is. And I would dare to say that maybe Siemens is the most innovative and long lasting uh, company in the top 10 ranks of the European patent statistics. So I think that's Mm -hmm. a great achievement in terms of AI, I'm also quite proud that we are considered to be the leading European company in terms of AI patents. And this is not only uh, a fact because we are so active today in this field of artificial intelligence, but we also have a quite a huge track record. We were already in artificial intelligence many years ago and therefore we have quite a huge portfolio in these fields. So we are really a leader in AI and AI patents in the world. Nice.
2: Beautifully put. Um, Bert, you also shaped the term value-driven IP strategy. Um, can you maybe share a bit what you actually mean by that. what's behind what's behind that?
0: Yes, this is very close to my heart. I have to say because as I already mentioned, I'm convinced that the company shouldn't strive to have as many patents as possible but to have the best ones because with the best patents with the patents that underpin businesses, we are able to create additional value for the company's business. This value lies in uh, better business opportunities, less competitive pressure in particular, license income, exclusivity for our technologies and for our offerings, etc. But if you want to achieve and want to file such patents, the patent specialists, the patent attorneys, together with the inventors, always have to ask themselves what really adds value? Which competitive competitive advantage or customer benefit can I achieve with this inventive solution? And how do I actively place my IP rights on these unique selling propositions of my business? So rather than uh, just receiving and patenting inventions, what I would call a invention driven, ip strategy Mm -hmm. i would like the patent specialists to go out discuss the ideas with the inventors and to actively shape and place ip rights in a way that they are able to protect the elements that are fundamental for the success of a business this of course needs a much more diverse and collaborative approach and a better understanding for the business models, but that's also, in my view, much more interesting for the patent specialists that they also have to understand how a idea fits into a business model and what role it plays there.
1: Yeah, well put. That's a change management thing, isn't it, right? So I see it's, to be honest, right, if you, because you're in, in large corporation, right? How do you do that? You assign KPIs and say, so like, you know, you guys have to, I don't know, fulfill... I don't know, 30, 40 IPs, right? A year or give some numbers, right? Run tracker and uh, calculate that. But actually assessing value on that, whether it provides value, not just the number adding up and say like, you know, I I made the benchmarks, right? Means actually quite some interaction, understanding, sharing of pains and gains, what needs to be enabled, right? So that, and I guess it's, it's, it's a journey, right? Uh, For all, for all folks, businesses, IP professionals, as well as, I guess, the innovators itself
0: isn't it yes it is it is a journey and uh, i think the journey is not over so we are in the midst of it but Mm -hmm. i think we were quite successful and as you mentioned measuring having a kpi is very important and i think one lever to achieve this improvement was indeed that we started to not to measure only numbers of patent applications, but also the quality of patent applications Mm -hmm. with the help of uh, outside counsel and that, in my view, accelerated the whole process dramatically.
1: Let's, let's talk about AI. So that's that's a super interesting aspect as well, right? Because in a typical setup, um, you know, in, in an organization, the employer um, or, you know, or the creator or an inventor, right? He becomes or she becomes the, the owner of this intellectual property, right? By, you, by work and then, you know, and hire or, you know, some agreement with the employer, employment, right? Um, so as machines or let's say software get smarter and smarter and sometimes we affiliate it also a bit of creativity, maybe serendipity or maybe you're not just uh, correlation, you know, (laughs) that hits in there uh, are able somehow to generate texts are able to generate some kinds of facets, right? Which may be very new to domain, right? Mm -hmm. Do we, do you see some kind of, you know, entering that, you know, law will need to expose an own entity to a softer system because it somehow has this human like whatever that means. I know it's it's a tough word, capable intelligence and will be an author of an invention disclosure in the future. Do you envision that?
0: No, actually, that may be surprising you. I don't think that uh, that will happen. No, I think it should not happen like that because I think attributing inventor rights to hardware or software or machines in general is the wrong approach because machines okay. cannot have any rights and duties. They have no money to invest. They have no responsibility, whatever. Only natural persons and legal persons can do so. And therefore, I personally think um, that's an opinion that I also publicly uh, defend very often. If we really come to the stage, and I think we are getting quite close already, that self-learning AI systems are able to become creative without or with only limited human intervention, then Mm -hmm. I think the inventor rights should be attributed to the legal person, that means to the Mm -hmm. company that controls and applies such AI system. Because the legal person, in our case Siemens, of course, is also responsible for uh, using the AI system and being Mm -hmm accountable and responsible what such an AI system does or shouldn't do and I personally think this would be the much better approach than giving IP rights, inventor rights to non-personal machines and which would in my view fit very well in the IP system because as applicants patent applicants, mm. we already now have legal persons that are able to do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that means because I was most recently, right, I'm, I'm currently having access to these language models and OpenAI is such an entity in the, from the US, baked by, by Elon Musk, um, you know, which has this what's called GPT-3 uh, language model and it's just a fascinating field and I was collaborating with that um, also to, to, you know, um, have it done claim generation of IP. Right? So I fed it. You can bias the system and then let it because it had wrapped the entire web, right? Basically, right? Humongous mm-hmm. representation. So as I started it with claims um, to be, you know, executed. That means since I triggered the the the, the button, let's say, and biased the system, um, you know, and it generates then I don't know ten claims about you know injection of fuels and stuff like that. Um, so that means actually because I triggered the button, it should be then assigned even so it's it's been generated automatically but it's still the man in the middle or the woman in the middle who actually you know executes and uses these kinds of systems as support for curating new ideas and assessing it
0: yeah but I think if the AI system really becomes creative and here I'm thinking more of of a real things like uh, an example that i usually take is a suspension of a a car that has been designed by an ai system or also Mm -hmm. software coding could Mm -hmm. be automatically created or um, as i know in siemens we create our pcb boards we create fully automatically with ai help Mm-hmm. and if we in in such a process if something new something patent, patentable is created i think it's not fair so to speak if you just um name the, the human being that pushed the button so to speak uh, mm-hmm. as inventor but it would be much fairer and much much more transparent if you just name the legal person that controls the system as inventor mm-hmm.
2: Right. Uh, That's an interesting perspective. Um, So in current times, AI and machine learning methodologies are um, applied to a great range of different products and processes. And um, in the global innovation economy, the demand for intellectual property in the form of like trademarks or design or copyright is probably significantly increasing I would guess. So, um, how can AI technologies really support the IP process and push more self services or mitigate the whole complexity? Um, you already started to mention some use cases, but what, what, um, do you, um, encounter within the IP department? Which use cases of AI?
0: I see a number of uh, possible and practical applications in our field. Actually, we already have today AI driven search algorithms Mm -hmm. for patent information and also have a a project running here at Siemens. But I could also imagine that uh, tools that help the patent attorneys to draft patent applications or responses to office actions such ai tools would relieve the patent attorneys from drafting long descriptions and so the patent attorneys could concentrate on the core of a patent application and would hopefully create even better patent applications and in an even more productive way so ai tools could help everywhere where we have Uh, more or less standardized documents like contracts, patent applications, and all sorts of other forms and contracts to be filled in and to be drafted. Mm
1: -hmm. And if if we observe the last four years in in machine learning, right, the community, it, it, it is fascinating, obviously, due to technology advancements and that has been given and data and compute and stuff like that. But also, it's been driven by an entire generation, um, you know, pushing their ideas and also software and exploration and frameworks to open source, you know, using platforms like GitHub or, you know, Archivics or, so, you know, there's even, you know, 100 papers per day on machine learning being published open openly, right? Even before entering any conferences at all. They already, uh, you know, so this open source movement has, has advanced the field quite significantly. Does that align somehow with a corporate IP strategy? You know, how do you see that open source movement from an IP strategy? You ask like, oh my gosh, I hope they, you know, they secured the IP prior, right? How do you see that?
0: Yeah, actually, and first of all, I would like to point out that open-source doesn't necessarily mean patent-free. I think there are open-source licenses which also forbid patenting. But Mm. these are concepts that are, are, in my view, much more complementary than you think uh, on the first sight. With open-source, we are able to share source code of a software development and on the other hand with patents we are able to protect basic functionalities of a software Mm -hmm. openly sharing code will certainly accelerate software development as you just mentioned and it gives access to software platforms and ecosystems so that's i think a great benefit on the other hand companies like siemens also have uh core technologies, core functionalities that they don't want to share with everybody because they are a competitive advantage. So that's something where we should rather go for patenting and not openly sharing. In other words, I think both concepts are complementary, and a company should always decide for itself what it wants to share and what it wants to keep for itself. And then we can take advantage of both concepts.
1: Mm. But it has a different time scale, right? This is what, what I got from, you know, from the PhD students, uh, you know, my group or, you know, from the students on Sendak, because it's like, you know, um, hey, it's now commodity. It's it's used. You have to publish your paper, Right early enough because somebody else is otherwise picking on the idea and you want to claim it somehow, right? As well, right? Actually claim it, right? Um, but, uh, but you're still writing, you know, the paper and the contributions, uh, you know, at the very last minute, uh, basically a second before you can can upload it to the conference, right? And then at the same time, you uploaded it for, uh, for the peer reviewing and, and on AKFX, right? And um, obviously, you know, securing the main idea, right, is something which needs a couple of months' time, right? And this is. This is a different time, time horizon, which I always have in discussion because I absolutely agree, right? Hey, secure uh, your idea because the idea is not bound to the actual accuracy number you may have in your method, right? But you, you're securing not the 80% or 90% accuracy, right? But, um, but it's like, you know, I can't wait for nine months or three months to have this secured, right? Um, do we need to be faster in in somehow securing the information or it's just like you know we need to work also with the young talents in in order to that they they, they get the mindset being done what is securable or you know why what's the value actually of a, a corporate IP strategy and what's what's this the speed on there
0: yeah I think we need both and actually mm. you're um, Touching a point where we think we could improve, even in in, in Europe, I mm-hmm. think we need to have this long view or this longer view for the basic principles that we should patent and where we have enough time to file patent applications, to draft invention disclosures, etc. That takes some time, but it's it's feasible within month. On the other hand, I fully agree with you that we can't need a uh, need a kind of speedboat, so to speak. Um, speedboat. Yeah. A speedboat, yes, where we protect intellectual achievements in particular software code in a much quicker way because it's necessary to document one's contribution to this ecosystem. And for that I would be much in f- much more in favor of having for example a European software register where we just can Put in, give a, get a timestamp, and be sure assured that this intellectual property is ours, that is timestamped, and that we can openly share it. Then, that's not available at the moment. And uh, going for a patent application is, I fully agree with you, sometimes much too cumbersome and uh, too complicated. It and takes too much time. So therefore, it should be also a complementary system of a quick protection, which mm-hmm. maybe is not so easily enforceable as a patent, and a long-term protection for the basic ideas.
1: However, if we look a bit in the future, and now it's not a super buzzword, right? But um, blockchain technology, right? I see two two main main, you know, applications there. One is a bit of energy trading, prosumer consumer, right, and having this handshake. And the other one is actually, you know, actually IP securing ip because you know a distributed ledger technology enables to be uniquely once you are on the blockchain assign your paper or your idea right you can trace it significantly down It's so like okay who was first here right uh, is that something of relevance are you exploring the capabilities of using these kinds of distributed blockchains um, for securing ip or is it already standard somehow any thoughts on that
0: Yes, indeed. That's exactly one of the applications that immediately come to my mind. Blockchain technologies could be used to track ownership of IP assets and IP rights. And mm-hmm. for example, also to record assignments. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, this morning I looked into a system of the World Intellectual Property organization which allows this time stamping of intellectual property assets and obviously they work with, they work with blockchain technology. So I think this is really could be a, a, uh, a great opportunity to mm. use blockchain for such speedboat registrations of intellectual property assets. Awesome. Yeah. And the other one that I see is, uh, as I already mentioned, for contracts that we can record assignments, change of title, of IP rights, and do not have to go to, to the official registers. Uh, that's right. Yes.
2: Yeah, that would make things much easier and more flexible. Um, Beat, you've probably came across um, over some quite interesting ideas. Um, Can you maybe share a little bit what got you really impressed or made you smile or laugh or you consider as very remarkable? And it doesn't have to be within Siemens.
0: Yeah, what what made me really smile was a cartoon that I saw in the Spiegel newspaper uh, a few years ago about the most tactical of all patents. There is a a hopeful inventor coming to the patent office and uh, waving his invention in his hands and stating to the patent office, I would like to file a patent for that. And then the officers of the patent says, sorry, too late, the filing of patent application has been now granted to Google as a patent last week. So what does this cartoon (laughs) say? (laughs) Uh, On the one hand, it shows how important process and application patents can be if you do them right, because then you can control a whole process like patent applications. But on the other hand, it also shows that we shouldn't go for every nonsense To be uh, patented because exactly the patenting of patents or the filing of patents is, of course, nothing that is technical and which is not open to uh, patent protection. So I, I liked this cartoon and it shows, so to speak, the opportunities and the limits of the patent systems.
1: Um, so it's it's been interesting. So you have seen quite, I guess, some you know challenges and, and opportunities all around, right? If if I observe a bit the last years, right, there has been multiple initiatives who's spinned out basically out of a group or in a, you know I was affiliated somehow, right? So shaping startups, whether they are from from student level or in house to external goals, right? And um, and. When 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 they ask me for advice, and I say like, do, have you secured your innovation here, right? Have you secured your idea, right? Because they are all geekies, young gun guns, right? And and um, and you know, just fascinated with technologies and the opportunities, also the business opportunities. Then they mostly say like, I'm not sure, right? This is uh, this is a, such a costly effort, right? Going the past, if you're in a corporate, right, you have a process for that. But for you know, for young entrepreneurs, right? Um, we have this crazy idea, but enough, not maybe not enough seed funding for running an entire IP process. What would you suggest them, right?
0: Yeah, this is a very difficult question, and it's indeed a catch-22 situation because on the one hand, IP is very often the only asset of a startup company. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, they do not have the funds to properly protect it. So Mm -hmm. not protecting this only asset is certainly not an alternative for them because then they lose their competitive advantage and so to speak the basis of their existence, but fully protecting it as we do it at Siemens is no alternative either because it completely eats up their funds. Mm -hmm. Therefore, my suggestion is In any case, they should go for uh, what we call a first filing or priority application and then try to find a partner who would, for example, help to finance a full-blown IP protection or who is maybe interested in getting an option in the exploitation of intellectual property. Because to go alone, honestly spoken, very often exceeds the funds of a startup Mm. company. Mm.
2: Mm, what a dilemma.
0: It is a dilemma, but I think partnering is the key and do we, doing it right from the beginning and playing a little bit the time game by using a PCT application where you get 30 months to the decision where you have to, in, in which countries you want to go, that gives you some time
2: right um yet we are also like currently all facing the pandemic what um effects do you see uh, Do had restrictions like this one and it was like so huge and nobody was really expecting it and uh, what um effects do you see does it have on like innovation did you see maybe a rise that people i don't know because they were locked down at home that they had more time to like work on their projects or um did the balance, like what was it missing?
0: Yeah, I think we are now feeling in this um, uh, second fiscal quarter of, of our fiscal year, we are now feeling less influx of invention disclosures. So in the crisis or in the lockdown last year, we were doing quite well because we could uh, leave off our backlog but now we feel less influx of invention disclosures and less influx of ideas. And that might be uh, the fact because people have less opportunity to brainstorm together in a coffee break. Everybody is in the home office a little bit isolated. Of course, there are lots and lots of lots of MS teams, meetings, etc. But mm-hmm. I personally feel that in the meantime, we sometime somehow feel that creativity is suffering and we see that in the numbers and therefore i hope that we soon can go back in this new normal environment and uh, go back to the office and have these creative uh, sessions and discussions during lunch time during coffee break etc again which will then boost the idea creation process
2: yeah back to Lego City or Legoland <laughs>
0: there you go
1: And sharing a beer or coffee right yeah
0: That's
1: true.
2: Uh, Bia, thanks so much for your time and for being uh, the guest on this session it was really fun talking to you and super insightful um, but before we finish this episode we want to play our final game with you authentic autocomplete so let me give you for the closing um, a couple of sentence starters and you will just finish are you ready, beard?
0: I am. Go ahead.
2: Perfect. So Siemens is. Uh,
0: one of the most innovative companies.
2: I love that. IP is needed for
0: For transforming invention into innovation.:
2: Beautiful. Innovation is
0: The fuel of success.
2: I agree. The world should have more of
0: respect. Not yeah.
2: bad. And the last but not least, and it's quite a tough one. So if I could invent a rule for everyone in the world to follow, it would be?
0: I would say the same as before. Respect, respect for other peoples, respect for other nations, respect for intellectual property, of course. <laughs> <laughs> respect for nature. Yeah, I think we would do much better if we were more respectful towards every for everybody and in every dimension
1: yeah thanks so much for you know uh, carving out this this time and having this conversation with us We really enjoyed it and i think also the folks out there you know uh, will will, you know gratitude to your your sharings on um, on the ip and the role of ai in in that Um, so thanks much for for taking your time
0: was my pleasure thank you very much
1: And folks out there, stay bold, committed, and open-minded. And we hear us definitely at the next Siemens ARNEP podcast. Thanks.